Well, Trump was saying something about locking down the state of New York. And then uh, they've needed to do that for years. (laughs) You know, years ago when when we watched Escape from New York and thought, well, how did that happen? Right. (laughs) Gee, (laughs) now we know. (laughs) Yeah, we've got so many. We're just going to throw you all in New York and fight it out amongst yourselves. We're going to ship everybody around the country and put you in here. Whoever makes it out, you know. Last patient standing. You you get to leave. <laughs> We're going to blow up the bridges. We're going to mine the bridges and t- cut off the power. Have at it. Yeah, Paul Paul is saying, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be Snake Plissken. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back to the bins. I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to go! I got nothing else. Alright. You bringing this in? Am I bringing You bring it in. Uh, I'll bring it in. Yeah, give me just a quick second here. I want to... Alright, let me close my door too here because they're jibber-jabbering out there. Whoops, that is not... Damn it. Hang on one second here. (sighs) So, I guess free comic book day has been canceled. Everything's canceled. Yeah. Wait a minute, (sighs) that's from a movie. Something... What? Does somebody say Christmas is canceled or... (laughs) That sounds familiar. It's, uh... The year without a Santa Claus. No, well, well, maybe it is, but I thought I've heard it like a like a human say it in a real <laughs> a human a human, not a you know claymation type. Right. You know. Christmas <laughs> is canceled. Something right. like that. All right, go ahead. Why can't every day be Christmas? Why can't every day be gay? Why can't every day be Merry Christmas each and every day? There once was a Christmas that almost wasn't, all because of a man named Groom. And now victory's mine! Do you hear that? Victory's mine! 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 Bye. And Merry Christmas, I don't think. <laughs> Wait a minute. If you are Santa, what are you doing here? You're early. Christmas is not coming this year. Treat your family to the happy, song-filled, magical motion picture that's almost too good to be true. Rosano Brazzi and Paul Tripp in The Christmas That Almost Wasn't. There once was a Christmas that almost wasn't, almost wasn't, almost wasn't. There once was a Christmas that almost wasn't because of a man named Prune. Are we uh, are we ready to come in? Yeah, unless you wanted to do any... Do we want to have any talk about... Uh, do we want to make any discussion speculation about what's going to happen to the comic book industry by any chance yeah i'm I'm not informed enough on anything going on these days to you know i and plus i i gotta be honest i don't i just don't give a shit anymore well i mean i I don't i don't think it's i don't think it's gonna last i think smaller stores that don't rely on new books 
or that either just do old books or have other things like gaming or other things going on, they might make it your larger chain stores. Let me, but if, hmm? I, I tell you what, let me bring in the bring in the show, and if you if you want to discuss a little bit, we can. I mean, okay. I just I don't I don't feel like I really have a horse in the race, but we we can discuss. <clears throat> yeah, just some speculation. All right. All right, here we go. Hello, and welcome to Back to the Bins. My name is Scott Gardner, and joining me for this episode is Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello. Let me just state right off, I am not a doctor, so I am not giving any health advice. <laughs> you will oh. notice that uh, we have a conspicuous absence in this particular episode. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> he may he may join us later on. We're, we're just going to you're just going to have to find out. We're in the same suspense that you are, but uh Paul had something come up last minute and uh, may or may not join us for this episode, but at the moment it is just the doctor and I and I can't remember the last time it was just you and me for a show. So this should be fun. I'm looking well, forward to we, this one. I think we got a couple of uh, humdingers to cover too. <laughs> we often uh, we are often prodded by our co-host. Hey guys, I'm not going to make it, so why don't you guys go ahead and record? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. At which point, you know, we usually wind up with you know like a video game controller in our hand or something, and it, and it never happens. But uh, <laughs> which I was, no, this time pro- we decided. I did stop mm-hmm. playing because Ben has set up one of my older computers that is a lot better with playing an older game, and I was actually playing that at about 7.45. I went, oh, I, I need to hurry up and get you, off of this because we got to get on at 8 What were you playing? Uh, I was playing uh, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. The uh, Oh, the, okay. The, the big online role-playing game that's been around it's yeah uh, yeah well it's still around it and actually i started playing it well well over 10 11 years ago and ben got interested and then at one point i just let him play my account because the computer i had been playing it on regularly kind of crashed and then i got it on my laptop but it didn't run as well so i kind of lost interest and let him just take over completely but now we've kind of because his going to school he's had an interest in well, he's learning computers, is what he's doing. So he took an interest in basically reviving this old computer from the dead and has been tweaking it and doing things. And we actually have a uh, another copy of that playing on there so the two of us can, pl- can now play together. So That's cool. That's what's going on. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, hey, Ben, uh, can you help a fellow Star Wars character out and you know, lend me uh, 200,000 credits? Buddy, pal. I, I need to have Ben come over here then, because uh, as you know, we moved not long ago, mm-hmm. and as we were packing up and moving things and all that sort of thing, at one point Logan pointed to my old computers that I still have. You know, my old, you know, prior to the the current desktop that I have. You know, my my two prior desktops I still have, mm-hmm. and he's like why do you still have those? Are you taking those? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, why do you, why are you keeping them? Well, I'm keeping them for much the same reason is that, you know, the, the, so far as I'm aware, like the cards are still good. And the, you know, the sound cards and the video cards and everything for like old games. Um, they just need, you know, brought back to life. So yeah, I would love to have, especially the, the PC, like the really nice one I had like two PCs ago. I'm pretty sure the only thing that's honestly wrong with it is that the uh, the power supply uh, went up in it, and I, it could probably use a, a RAM upgrade if it is still upgradable. But beyond that, I mean, you know, it ran and it was great for the games of the time, a lot of which are still on the machine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to resurrect it. And I, I always wanted to take one of those PCs and make it into a main machine anyway, you know, just well, for arcade games. So. Well, one thing that, that – so Ben figured out that basically what happened with my old PC was that the hard drive crapped out. So we actually spent 50 bucks, bought another hard drive, 
got it here. He put um, he put Windows. What have, what are they up to now? Ten. He put Windows 10 on it. It originally had Windows 7, so he put 10 on it. Then then loaded a bunch of the games I used to have on it. Put because I have a ton of Steam games that I don't play because for some reason Steam does not work go well with my current laptop. So I just stopped trying to fight it and just went ah bought a PlayStation 4. So um so wow this has turned into tech talk with Scott and Bill. So um. He put a new drive in it, put Windows 10 in, in it, started to, and we, like, some games were doing fine, but when we did the online game, there was a lot of lag, input lag, you know, you had to really tone down the graphics, which that's okay, because the graphics card in there was not great. So, he did some asking around, and basically, he was told by other tech people, he's like, they... They said you need to wipe it back out, put Windows 7 on it because of that machine. When it came out, that was the operating system, and so basically that like Windows 10 was trying to do too much because it was much bigger than Windows 7, and it was slowing down everything else. So he now has it back to Windows 7. We have the games on, and they're they're great. Um, it's smooth. I'm not having any problems. So actually stepping, so I have a machine that's actually, you know, with an older operating system, but it's running better. Probably, like like I said, because it's an older machine. So. Right. Right. So, so yeah, huh. that's, that's what, that's, uh, this has been the, the geek freak tech corner. Well, b- before we leave that corner entirely, I, I was thinking about you the other day, because uh, Logan, b- before the big lockdown, Logan came over and spent the day uh, here with me, and. Uh, we were playing uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which uh, he three. bought just before he moved in with his girlfriend. So he had started playing it, and I got really into it, and then he moved in with his girlfriend, and we hadn't played it in, like, months. So he came over for the day, and we'd been playing it. And at one point, I asked him, I said, do you know if this game has an online component? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And I'm like, I wonder if Bill's got this game. So does Bill got this game? Is that for the Switch, though, only? Because I thought that was Switch only. Uh, I think so. Now that yeah, you say that, I think my, you're right. And you don't my, have a Switch, right? Well, my daughter has a Switch, and currently, because of the current health crisis, she is not at college. She is actually living back at home for now. Um, and now, we'll if be... you'll if you'll forgive me for a moment for being free with your money, I would tell you that it is totally worth it. Now, I don't remember exactly what it costs, and it's been out a while, so the cost may have gone down. But Logan got it pretty much when it first came out. And it was uh, fifty plus dollars, probably closer to like sixty bucks. We love it, and I, you know, knowing you like I think I do, that you know you're you're you know a, a big Marvel fan and everything. I, I think you'd really enjoy it. I've been enjoying the hell out of it, and especially if you played the prior versions. Oh, I did. Then really, it's just it's a you know it's it's an updated version of the prior version. So I mean, it, it has the same playability and the same fun and. You know, some really deep cuts into, you know, some characters. And, uh, oh, and it solved a mystery for me, too. So, this is going back, this is going back a number of, it's got to be pushing a year or so at this point. But do you remember there was a four-issue miniseries? And it was not like prestige format, but it was a nicer format than just like your standard, you know, single-issue comics. And it was a a four-issue miniseries called... I think it was just called Bloodstone, if I'm not mistaken, and it had like this like like good girl art on the on each cover, and mm-hmm. the series. Now I never read it. I remember picking it up, and I kind of picked it. I, I'm not even sure why I picked with, it up, but I picked it all up out of fifty cent. Is mm-hmm. this with Ulysses Bloodstone, and then like his his it niece his, or his daughter? His daughter, Elsa? I, uh, Elsa. Yes. Yeah. And so. I, I had it, you know, I bought it out of 50 cent bins. I don't really know why I bought it, probably just for the art and the, the titillation factor and all that, not really knowing any... Oh, I know why I bought it, because Frankenstein's monster's in it. That's why I bought it. Um, but I never read it, and then when I started my purge of comics, I sold... Uh, I, I had the whole four-issue thing, and I, I just threw it up on eBay, and I, think I had a starting on it of, like, I don't know, like a buck or something. <laughs> And that thing sold for a fortune. And I'm like, really? really? 
So then I did some digging around, and I had one other issue. I had a, an, an issue number one just all by itself. So I put that up on eBay, and that sold for a pretty penny as well. But I never understood, like, why was this a big thing? I mean, I didn't even know who the hell this character was. I picked it up because it had, you know, the monster in it. And it turns out that she is a playable character in Ultimate Alliance 3. And I'm like, I wonder, you know, that that game came out right around the same time that I sold that miniseries. And I'm wondering if that's what helped give it that boost is people like discovered her through. But then again, that I don't know, that doesn't totally make sense either, because why was she even a playable character in the game? There must be something out there where she became like a big thing all of a sudden, because I'd never even heard of her. And then all of a sudden here she is as a playable character in that game. She's also a character that you can choose in a game called Marvel Strike Force. It's it's one of those phone games, a time killer. Oh, uh, okay. She's also a character in that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I've never read anything with her in it. I haven't really researched her. I mean, the first time I ever saw her was in my phone game. And I was like, oh, so I just assumed she was some type of relative or whatever to... Uh, oh, you know, because they spouted out a brief little history about her, but I, I, right. I, don't, I don't remember it. So, I'm pretty but sure I did remember her name because I see it often when I'm playing the game. I'm like, oh yeah, there's, there she is. There's, uh, right. there's Ilsa. I'm pretty sure she's his daughter, and mm. she's kind of, she's basically like a monster. Like take Laura Croft, Croft and make yeah. a monster hunter instead of a Tomb Raider, and that's essentially what she is. Hmm. So, but yeah. Well, before we get into the books proper, you you wanted to talk a little bit of something about the the current state of comics or something. Uh, well, I just had, I mean it's it's a relevant topic right now, and uh, it doesn't really I mean it affects us a little bit. Um, so with all the current health things going on, you know, health crisis going on, and some cities are on lockdown, and and counties very for, you know from county to county and. I guess your county is on a lockdown, and yeah, mine is not, but where I work is. But but it's like it's called safer at home, and but non-essential businesses are supposed to be closed, so you know comic book stores are not going to be open, obviously. So you know we were just doing a little banter back and forth as to where we think that's going to put because Diamond has stopped sending out new books, and certain. Um, publishers have stopped although i think marvel and dc are still going along and maybe writing new books but they have no way to get them out although this would open the door for them to try to push digital because then they don't they they would basically be cutting out diamond and the local comic stores and cut cutting out the middleman and selling directly to the people that consume it that way i don't right do that many digital comics if any um so i still like hard copies but even without the current health crisis i still think within the next five years or so they're just going to get pushed out more and more because what there's i i mean i I don't have any proof i i'm only going by other things i've heard there's only about two thousand comic book stores in the country so this may really kill a lot of them and i don't know what percentage is going to get knocked out by this because and i've spoken with my lcs and they're going to stay open as long as they can but uh, you know they have rent to pay and and bills to pay and although they're kind of glad that now maybe they can not keep having to buy new stuff because it's not going to come out they can maybe do something or do sales with their old stuff to generate some income but but still a free comic book day is being canceled uh you know they had guests that were lined up to come which obviously won't be coming now and you know there's a lot of spe- speculation and possible you know businesses that are going to go go under so i just you know i was curious to, as to your opinion I, I i and i know you're like me i mean you you don't i don't think you don't pick up really any new comics but I, sources I, of I old don't. comics maybe go, may go away too depending on how bad this is you know stores that are well, just just cater to the old stuff. I, I don't I don't want to make light of it at all, you know, in, in the sense that, you know, I'm sure that there are shops out there that will be affected that, you know, there are shops out there. I'm sure that, you know, this this could kill them. 
But on the flip side, I can't remember the last comic shop I went into that at least appeared as if comics were just, you know, a, a part of the game for them. Um, what what well, I mean by I'll, that is... It I'll has, tell you, the one oh, that you and I go to by me is, because that's all he does is old comics. Oh, wait, or were you saying just new comics was, was their big push? Oh, are you talking uh, the Urban Legends? Yeah, yeah. Because well, he, he's, he's only open four days a week, and all he does is old comics. Right. No, I'm, I'm talking as far as, you know, shops that, that deal in new comics, you know, because I, I don't see oh, solely, a shop yeah. like, like that guy, you know, that that's strictly an old comic shop, like a back issue shop. I don't see back issue shops, you know, uh, sh- shops that, that deal strictly in back issues that don't have, you know, that don't sell new books. I don't see them being largely affected. I think they'll weather this all right. Um, but ones that you know, that have at least a portion of their business from new comics. Yeah. They could, they could really be hurting from this, but when it comes to, to shops that sell new comics, I can't remember the last one I went into that didn't, uh, have like a big gaming section, you know, usually mm-hmm. like in the back of the store, a lot of like gaming supplies, a lot of statuary, a lot of, you know, just all this other stuff. And I'll be perfectly honest about it. That has long irritated the shit right out of me. I mean, now I understand it's a business. I understand that, you know, hey! they, they've got to pay the rent and keep the lights you know, all that sort of, I understand all that, but you know, just as a comic book guy, you know, it's always irritated me. You know, back before it was gaming, it was the damn Pokemon cards, and you know what I mean. All that go, and I always was like, man, you know, yeah, there's but all that's, this space, quote unquote, be- wasted by the gaming area where they could be doing like back issues and stuff. But I understand that. You know, I, I mean, I've had retailers tell me flat out, you know, that's not where the money is for them. Yeah, it's, new that's comic not books are not going to keep your door open. But, exactly. but now, and, if that completely yeah. just at the snap of a finger, almost like the Thanos snap goes away and now you can't even like they don't even have people coming in for anything because of this right and they are right. you know depending on how long it goes and how and you know our malls and strip centers or you know if you don't already own your property you you have rent to pay now there are some financial things coming with loans and grants to businesses to stay in business, but I don't know. I just think a lot of places might just be like, you know what, we're done, we're out. I, I, yeah, it it worries me in the aspect of I I feel like it could really. Well, I mean, let me let me put it a different way. I I was gonna say it could really hurt the back issue market. Let me see if I can find a, you know, a, a, a silver lining to all this. I, I think it could hurt the back issue market in the aspect of, you know, I've long complained that you can no longer buy 50 cent books online. You just can't because it's not cost effective to anybody to sell them. So if you're looking for a book that you know damn well is a 50 cent book, your best option is to go to a comic shop to find it in the back issue bins because you're not going to find it on eBay for 50 cents or wherever you're hunting online because who who's going to make any money doing it that way and then the shipping will kill you. So you know you right. can't find those comics online. But on the flip side, I find that the internet is a wonderful uh you know, mediator for bringing the prices of back issues down. Um, whereas comic shops really, at, at least around here now, granted, maybe I've got a bit of a skewed perspective because, you know, I, I live right in the shadow of, you know, the number one tourist destination on the face of the globe. So back issue prices tend to be high in this area, especially for like key books and stuff. You know, you go into like Coliseum of Comics, not to pick on them, but I mean, they're the big one in this area. You go into a Coliseum of Comics, especially the one that's mere minutes from Walt Disney World, and their back issue prices are, they're just goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was telling you this a while ago, you know, off the air, I think, you know, about, 
you know, I, I had said something to the guy and, you know, at the risk of him thinking, what an asshole, I actually said to him, man, I wish I could get the prices on my books that you're, you know, asking on yours. But that, I mean, that's how it is. You know, you go into these shops and you look at the books they have on the wall and I'm thinking, well, I just sold that book on eBay for, you know, 20 bucks and they're asking 150 for it. And you're like, you know, did I, was I stupid in the way I sold it or are they just way overpriced? And the answer is they're way overpriced. And, yeah. you know, because I, I will seek out books online just to see. Now, I saw this at, you know, this shop for, you know, like I said, $150. What is it really going for? And you go on eBay and you'll find, you know, 100 of them that are less than $20. So it could help the, the collectors that way. That, well, I, you know, if, if these retailers are then forced to go to the Internet for their sales... They're not going to be able to, to, you know, charge those ridiculous prices, you know, if they if they want to stay afloat. Um, so, I well, mean, that the, could possibly be one, one benefit from it. Now, I hope no one's going to send me hate, hate mail when I say this, but looking at it as a, I hate to say short-term gain, but as a short-term, let's, let me put it this way, a short-term outcome is that, the comic book buyer may be in for a couple months, depending on how things go, of stores that could go out of business. will be letting things go. You may be able to get some things at a cheaper price. Let's just put it that way. I'm not I'm not yeah. saying I'm going to be out there salivating going, yes, yes, <laughs> come to me, close. <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to convey. Of course, that's what I just did. Um, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Is that that could be in the short term that could, there could be a lot of that you know well we're going out of business so you know this is what we've got and you know you you may see a lot of things go for cheap but after that they're going to come back up. I mean just look at it at a detached economic way. I'm sure Professor Allen is either clapping or yelling. No, here's here's something to think about. Now, again, you know, like you say, you know, we we could get hate mail for this. So I, I want to preface this with saying, you know, I I don't want to see anybody lose their livelihood. No. You know, I don't want to see anybody's business fail. I don't want to see anybody lose their, you know, their their house or their, you know, what makes them their money, anything like that. I you know. God forbid anything like that happens. I really don't want anything like that to happen. But, you know, the comics industry, you know, as we've said for years now, has been in trouble for a long time. And I think that that definitely includes the back issue market. And as things continue to ridiculously, and I, I claim artificially inflate, much like in the 90s, there has to come a boom. You know, there has to come a, a bust, you know, part, you know, a point where, you know, you, you just reach this point where it's just it, it can't hold anymore. And I think that that's been overdue for a while with a lot of this, you know, the new speculation market and all this other crap. So, the you know, while businesses, unfortunately, may go away because of all this, you know, some of them may fail and, and shops may close, maybe a lot of them. I don't know that may happen the books themselves the physical books are not going anywhere so they're they'll still be out there and they'll have to eventually find their way to market somehow so you know the ones that could end up actually benefiting from all this are the actual you know collectors the buyers the readers you know they could actually benefit of this you know from a back issue perspective um as far as well, could you know, the, this force for, finally – well, okay, so the other question is why is Diamond the only distributor of comics? Is it because nobody else has cared or it's not cost-effective cost to try to break that monopoly up? Or may publishers try to go back – because I believe in the years past, didn't they have their own distributorship? Yes. So – you know, maybe it would be better for them to go back to distributing their own books, and because Diamond is, what, it's been at least eh, 10, 15 years that they've kind of had a monopoly, maybe more? Like, they've been the only game in town to get your books out? And now well, they just, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I remember when it happened, because there was another book, a 
bookstore, the Comic Crusade, that they had a lot of problems switching. They couldn't get the Marvel books. They could get the other stuff they already had going through Diamond, but it was a major hassle, and he got behind, and he got behind, and he couldn't come up with this, and he couldn't come up with that, and eventually he had to go out of business. Now, I'm happy to say he is back in business in comics at my LCS with my other friend that runs that. But here again, now this has come up, and you know he just got back into the comic business maybe about six, eight months ago, and now he has to face this. But I don't know. Could we see? Could we see Diamond lose its crown? <laughs> Pun intended. Well, let me ask you something. I'm going to ask you a question, and I mean this question in all sincerity and all seriousness. Would it be such a bad thing if if that was the end of New Comics? Now I don't I don't think this will be because I think that they'll they'll find well, some. Well, comics way. aren't selling as much as they are used to anyway. So I mean, right. I think comics wants to go digital and just that way they can sell whatever they sell, and they can charge whatever they want right. to charge. Because I don't understand, you know, I know because I'm a, a effing luddite. Why, why the same? Why is a digital the same copy price as a hard copy? It doesn't make any sense. You think it would be cheaper? You have no shipping cost. You have no production cost. I mean, you're, as in like on paper, ink, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's just because you've conditioned people to pay that price. But it's like, why? I mean, it's not even, and I know it's because we're old and we like things that are tactile and I can hold it in my hand and smell it and lick it. Wait, I've said too much. And... (laughs) I, I can smell it, read it, touch it, and it's mine, and I own it. Digital, I lose my device, or I lose my online account, poof, it's gone. But then again, then I wouldn't have 12, God knows how many thousand comic books in my garage that I have to hump around. and uh, Just like when you moved, you had to hump all those things around. Oh, God. Yep. So it's like, what, you know, maybe that isn't such a bad way to go, having it digital, versus... You know, being Scrooge McDuck and swimming in my comic books. So, no, I mean, I I don't think they're going to go away. I really think that the physical comic book is going to go away, though. It'll it'll become like, maybe like vinyl record stores. Maybe they'll only produce a limited, really, really, even, even more limited than now. And, you know, maybe you'll have the paper, you know, a paper comic. but But you might have to specially order it. Like, they only print them based on special orders, period. And you get them a little later than the digital. What, what do you think of that? Like if I, I got to really be honest wanna... with you. I, I, think the, I think we are, at this point, years, possibly possibly a, a decade or more overdue at this point for the physical to go away. I'm, I'm frankly shocked that, for one, that comics have survived this long but that they're they're still being printed, actually being printed. I, I you know, if somebody had asked me ten years ago, in 2020, will there still be paper comics? I'd have laughed and said, no, absolutely not. They'll they'll be entirely digital by that point, probably long before then. And here we are in 2020, and they're still being printed. And I I just don't get it. I mean. Clearly, they don't care about us. The the old school, old time collector. You know, it's clear by the content that they put out these days that they don't give a rat's ass about us. So if they're if they don't care about us, that means they're not marketing to us. So why are they continuing to print them on paper? Why but- aren't they? Why aren't but, they just doing them digitally? But, you know, and I think I I hate to say this, but uh, Paul and I had a little bit of this discussion, too, that maybe we have actually, I don't want to say grown. But how many times can you keep telling the same story with Bruce Wayne or Tony Stark or Steve Rogers or Peter Parker they're perpetually at a same age. They don't go anywhere. They don't move on with their lives. It's just it just keeps going on and on and on. 
Like even TV shows, you know, we want to see the, oh man, this is a great show. But then even after a while it becomes stale and there's no more new ideas. So the comic book writers come up with a new idea and then we don't like it. And I'm just as guilty. I've been like, well, I don't like this. Why are you doing this? But then it's like, I've been reading some stuff with with um, Iron Man and I was like, yeah, this is a different thing. But, you know, I'm kind of tired of T- Tony Stark. And I've actually started to look more at other in, independent books because it's a different story. It's And it's something that could be finite. You know, like I think that's why The Walking Dead was so big because it came in, it told a story, and, and actually it finally had, for for its part, an ending. Now, I wish the right. TV show could figure out how to do that, but that's a different topic. But, so, you know, maybe maybe it is time for the paper copy to go away and and... You know, people bitch, you know, well, they're not writing comics for me anymore. Well, you know what? We're going to get old and die. So why should they keep writing comics for us? You know, so many people get... Yes, I don't agree with some of the content that's coming out either. But I'm an old curmudgeon. So who really effing cares? I'm going to be out of the buying power demographic soon anyway. Why should they keep selling to me? I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying it as a fact. Economics. Businesses are, you know... You're, you're going to keep selling to a dying client base. Well, that's not a good business practice. No, it's so, not. But So they've got to try is, something to get younger viewers in. But I don't think that's working either. Maybe. Well, that, <laughs> that's what I was just going to say is that so years ago, you know, back like, like when we were kids, say like in the 70s and 80s and whatever, you know, comics were doing well enough that their old model of, you know, that, that they're – their, their old belief, I should say, that their readership turned over about every seven years seemed to have been borne out, you know, because they could like DC was infamous for just recycling stories that they had just told a few years prior, mm-hmm. you know, give it a new cover, give it, you know, a slightly different spin, but just tell the same story again and again. I mean, you look at back issues like Superboy, for example, you can go back and you can find several times where the same idea is just recycled and recycled and recycled, but they would do it cyclically so that, you know, nobody it, caught in on theory. Nobody caught on because you, they weren't the same readers, you know, within a, a certain number of years. And they, for some reason, they believed it was seven years, but every seven years, the readership turned over. Well, you figure if well, that, it, I mean, like if you're 10 years old or eight years old and you start to read a comic book, in in seven years, you're either 17 or 15, and now you've got sports, you've got other interests, you're you moved on, you're doing something else. So for a right. lot, that may be true. Comics then faded out of their life. You know, right. I didn't but get into that, comics, you know, at a later point in the, life. That hasn't been the case though for a long time, because no. something happened, and I think a lot of it is because of comics maturing in the 80s comics grew up in the 80s the stories became more mature the characters became more mature the content became more mature and comics stopped being uh strictly a children's medium well, to a and point I think you now had a wave that of, I was, you had a wave of nostalgia for the younger readers that right. now had grow, grew up and had disposable income and got back into comics right Possibly. So from about, I would say from about sometime in the 80s, and it's kind of nebulous, but say 85, just as a as a nice round number, you know, right about 85, all of a sudden it changed, and a lot of those people that were reading comics or got into comics about that time stayed in, and you gained new people here and there. Um, and you lost people, of course, but it didn't continue the same way it had prior. And so we, we reached a point much like, you know, you talked about the characters kind of being stuck in the middle of the story. Well, you also had your fans, your, your readers and collectors who were kind of stuck as well because they didn't they no longer went away. So I think that is is a lot of the reason why there are so many older, frustrated fans these days when it comes to comics because the the companies continue to try to court 
this nebulous new audience of readers that that never has truly materialized. Yes, you've gotten new people in, but the readership hasn't turned over like they wanted it to. So they continue to disenfranchise the older uh, readers, you know, the older fans who have been paying the bills for them for the past, you know, 25, 35 years. And I think that's where a lot of the problems come in is that they're not aiming this stuff at those people anymore. But those are the people that have been their bread and butter. And I think that's why their numbers and their, their, you know, their circulation, their, uh, their readership, why those numbers have continued to plunge is because they haven't replaced uh, the readership. They haven't turned the readership over. All they've managed to do is piss off the ones that they had because well, they, they didn't refresh. They don't have quite that fresh young minds perspective that they would if they were entirely brand new young readers. They don't because you still got people that are in their 40s, 50s and older uh, who are essentially the ones that are continuing to purchase comic books. And those numbers are shrinking because we're both dying and getting pissed off with the shit that they're producing. Well, because that's I don't my think, half big theory anyway. Well, I, well, and I'll, I'll help your half big theory is that things like social media are not helping that because now you have direct. Okay. Cause before the only way you could interact with a creator Back in the back in the old days, was to send in a letter, see him at a convention, or I don't know, walk in, bump into him on the street, right? That was pretty much the only way you could have in, interaction with a creator, right? You know, writer, artist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now everybody's on social media, and everybody has an opinion, yeah. And not everybody likes everybody else's opinion, so now they they put out something, and a people don't like it and they respond and then the creator gets pissed off and then suddenly you know says well f you i don't like you know well fine don't read my book so that in turn's like okay fine i'm not going to read your book and then how many other people see that and go like wow that's the way you really feel about your fans well screw you i'm not buying your stuff yep you know well, so hey what is what is that old saying about not not wanting to know how the sausage is made exactly Exactly. I think I you know remember, I, I remember us. I've heard Michael Bailey, us, you and Michael Bailey say that many times. You don't want to know how the sausage is made. Yep. I remember feeling that way, and I think we talked about this before about uh, when when we read the uh, Marvel: The Untold Story. Now that is a great book. I mean, it really is a great book, but it's also a seriously depressing book because reading that book is. You know, it, you're, you're seeing that, that seedy underbelly that was never meant to be seen. I, I liked believing, and I never thought it was a fantasy, but I liked believing the fantasy of the Marvel bullpen as it was presented in, in the pages of old Marvel comics from the 70s and 80s, you know? And I, yeah. like I say, I didn't realize it was a fantasy. I thought that's how things really were, that they were one big, happy, fa fun family that was just joshing around and having a great time behind the scenes and then you read something like marvel the untold story and you find out that it was a bunch of backbiting and this person hated this person and this person made work on intolerable for everybody else and you, you just find out that it was like it was like your job you know was, you the, the, you know there were people that hated it and there were people that slacked off and all that and it was like you know i'm glad i read this i guess you know, to know the real story, but at the end of the day, the fantasy was was so much more, you know, fulfilling. And well, I'll be I honest with you, I've I've never read it, and I'm probably not going to just by everything I've heard, because I think I want to still have, <laughs> I want to maintain some of my innocence, and not right. have my bubble burst. To be honest with you. Well, the, the reason I mention that is that I, I know exactly what you're talking about with the thing with with creators because. I'm Facebook friends with a number of comics creators that I, I've had to I've, I've had to talk myself out of several times posting something you know to Facebook saying 
essentially that, you know, I follow you because I'm enamored of, you know, this aspect of your, you know, your, your artwork or the stories that you used to write or whatever, you know, whether they're a writer, artist, whatever they are. And that's why I follow them not to see this ridiculousness that you post, you know, and I don't do that because, I, you know, I fully realize that would be kind of a dick move. You know, they are human beings. They're entitled to their opinions just the same as I am. But it is disheartening to me when, you know, you've got somebody that, you know, for all intents and purposes, they're, they're kind of a hero. You know, you look up to them because right. you know, when you were younger, they wrote this great story that maybe it touched you somehow or their artwork just was fantastic and, and you loved the book that they used to draw or whatever the case may be. And then you find out by following them in social media that they're kind of an asshole, you know, and that sucks. I mean, that really sucks when when that you find that out, you know. And so, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And it's and it's one of those things, as I say, you know, sometimes it's just better not to know how the sausage is made, you know. So well, that accessibility of these creators these days, it's a real double edged sword because it, it's nice that some of them are genuinely awesome people that you know they they're really super nice to their fans and they seem like a genuinely great person and i'll throw ron friends out there as a great example i've never seen him post the first disparaging remark or some stupid political thing or anything he's he just you know he's out there doing his thing love and life and he's super nice to his fans and then there's people i won't name any but there's people on the other side that all they do is post political bullshit and you just get tired of it after a while it's like okay you know that's great but i don't care about that aspect you know i i follow you because of you know this and and i think to a certain degree i think celebrities i don't know it, it's really tough because i you know, like i say on the one hand i'm, I'm you know I, I lean towards you know they're a human being they're entitled to their opinion but on the other hand it's like when you're a celebrity and make no mistake, I consider if you're a comic book you know, writer or, or artist, then you're a celebrity as far as I'm concerned. You may not think you are, but you are because people look up to you, you know, for that aspect of your life. I, I think you have a certain moral responsibility to kind of maybe watch what you say or what you post and not. Well, maybe not asshole, a you know? moral responsibility because, OK, let's let's just take the belief. Of, let's just take the beliefs out of it. Liberal, conservative, forget that. Let's look at it economically, all right? Pretty much this country right now, on the most part, I would say, is, what, like a 30-30 split, 40-40 split on each side, then you get people that are in the middle. But basically, you could call it a 50-50 split. If you want to go on and spout one way or the other, and then in turn alienate half of your buying audience, that is stupid, Yes. That is stupid. I'm yes. sorry. If you don't like what I'm saying, I'm looking at it economically. I'm not talking about the beliefs. I mean, it's just as easy to just... Now, unless you are... Pa I understand if you passionately believe something and want to say something, great. But if... if Like, there's things I'd like to say, but I don't say because it could affect my job. I have a master that I have to atone to to get my pittance so I can eat buy my bread and gruel okay so if i piss off my master or you know the company i work for because of things i'm saying out on the street corner aka social media I, why why should i be surprised you know but i you know where i'm going right scott absolutely i do but it's like and then people okay and then when some of these people get called out one way or the other and they lose their job or they lose projects Oh, I'm being picked on because of, you know, yeah, you, you know what? <laughs> the First Amendment, you have a right to speak. You don't have a right to have a living because you spoke. I mean, you know, if you say something, there can be consequences, whether you like it or not. I mean, I can't just run around and spout whatever I want and, and you know, well, it's free speech. I can just say X, Y, and Z about my, about the company I work for. Doesn't mean I'm still going to be working for that company. Free, freedom of speech does not mean freedom of the consequences of what you just said. 
And I yes. think people misunderstand that sometimes. You know, that that's the great thing about now, this country. Is, I yes, know you, you have, can. You have like, freedom like, of speech. If, but. if it is found you are fired, because, uh, you know, I, I know there are laws that do protect that. But still, that doesn't mean, you know, like where you're working now, if you're like a contractor or like a lot of the, the artists and stuff, like once their gig's done, then where they work for might just say, yeah, we're not going to renew your contract. So how do you prove that they were, you know, they were looked down upon or they were um, their rights were trampled on, you know? Yeah. Or like movie stars or singers. Gee, my last album didn't sell and I had said all this and. Well, you know, that's trampling on my freedom of speech. Well, people didn't want to buy your album because maybe they didn't like your music or they didn't like what you said. That's a consequence. Right. right. Forward all hate mail to Paul Sabataro because I don't care. <laughs> I mean, people don't wow. want to talk about things like that. They just everybody wants to just be all emotional about it. And yeah, you can be emotional, but. Don't be surprised when things change or, or well, 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 what do you mean I got fired? Or what do you mean I can't say that? Or what do you mean I didn't get paid? Uh, <laughs> now, now I'm all stirred up. Well, I don't know if we reach <laughs> reached any conclusions on this whole thing, but I don't know. At the end of the day, you know, I, I don't want to see I don't want to see comic shops fail. I don't want to see comic no. shops, you know, shutter. But I don't either, because, you know, it's a place I go to get away from my wife. Oh, did I say that out loud? Oh, sorry. (laughs) All right, so since we've yammered on about, well, I guess some of it was books. This was was almost a get-off-my-lawn cast, wasn't it? (laughs) It almost was, and since it doesn't look like Paul is going to be able to make it tonight, we have decided we're going to... We're just going to call that the show. We're going to save our books. We didn't even tell you what they were, so we're going to save our books and uh, and we're going to wait for Paul. So, all right, I guess we're just going to put everything off because we suck. <laughs> Paul's going to be like, "That's it. That's it. That's the show. That's what you guys did." <sighs> you got anything else to say? That's I'm 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 got, I'm done. <laughs> all right. Well. Have fun, everybody. We'll see you next time. Well, that's Andy's line. I contractually just stole that from him. Whoops. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> you're going to say goodbye, you're just going to sit there and chuckle in the corner. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. I'm not even saying goodbye. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. I, I don't know. That's going to see. That's the. You know, this is always the. Every two, every two, two months I go into uh, deep evil hibernation because of work. <laughs>